Welcome to worship at Reveille United Methodist Church. We are so excited to have all of you who are here in our sanctuary and also all of you who are joining us online to celebrate Epiphany Sunday today. My name is Kelly Lane, and I am one of the ministers here. Our lead pastor, the Reverend Dr. Peter Moon, will be preaching today, and he is beginning a new sermon series. It is about how you live out your faith all seven days of the week, not just on Sunday. So we're excited to begin this sermon series. Also, I want to draw to your attention all inside your bulletin. There are many new classes starting this afternoon. In particular, if you are interested in learning more about Reveille or possibly becoming a member, you can come to our Reveille Today class. And then on Wednesday, we have an author, Sadika Johnson, who will be speaking. There's a dinner before her talk, and so I invite you to register for that and also bring a friend. The Lord be with you. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. What sweet music can we bring than a carol for to sing the birth of this heavenly King? Awake the voice, awake the stream. Heart, ear, and Please stand in body or in spirit and join me in our call to worship. Arise, shine. Arise, shine. 
Arise, shine. Arise, shine. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Come and worship Christ, the newborn king, for singing hymn number 220, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Let us all sing. In the light of Christ, we see the shadows in our world and in our hearts. So trusting in God's mercy and grace, let us confess our sins together. Almighty and loving God, we confess that we have put you in a box. We worship you on Sunday, but fail to claim our faith on the other six days. Forgive us for ignoring your reign in the world and in every part of our lives. By your grace, enable us to hold fast to you throughout our week. May your love, power, and grace abide in us everywhere and every place. In Jesus' name, amen.
This is the good news. Christ is the light of the world who grants forgiveness and healing of our sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As those who have been forgiven and reconciled to God and neighbor, let us exchange signs of Christ's peace with those around us. Friends, this morning we have the privilege of joining together and participating in the sacrament of baptism. And we are excited for the Fletcher family to be here. If you would like to follow along, you may turn in your hymnal to page 33. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Douglas Daniel Fletcher III for baptism. And now I ask you questions as parents, where you indicate not only your faith in Christ, but your desire to pass this faith down to your child in the years to come. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, respond by saying, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Again, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, promise to serve him as your Lord? In union with the church, which Christ is open to people of all ages, nations, and races. I do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church? That by your teaching and example, he might be guided to accept God's grace for himself. To profess his faith openly. And to lead a Christian life. I will. And do you, as Christ's body, the church... Reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ. We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? With With God's God's help, help, we we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. Christ. We We will surround surround this child with a community of love and forgiveness, that he may grow in his service to others. We will pray for him, that he may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift water of water and this child who now receives it. To wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life. That dying and being raised with Christ, he might share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. And what name is given this child? Douglas Daniel. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now it is our joy to welcome our new brother in Christ. Through baptism, (laughs) you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member of the family of Christ. Let us pray. Lord God, we ask that you place your Holy Spirit upon this child, Doug. Watch over him as he grows. Watch over him in all the days to come. Put your hand of protection upon him, but even more, put your hand of faith, grace, and hope upon this child. Raise him up to be strong. Raise him to make a difference in this world, 
And may the world be different because he has come to the waters of baptism this day as we commit him and ourselves to you through Christ Jesus our Lord. As all God's people say, amen. Now I'm going to take you for a little walk here, Doug. I want you to come and meet these fine people out here. Can you see? Now, they, right there, there's your family. They're all waving at you. And your friends. And today, all these people here, they have just said that they're going to help you to know who Jesus is. Today, we're talking about the light of the world. And we're going to be reminded that you and all of us are the light of the world. And the world needs the things that you're going to bring in all the days to come. Today, we recognize you are a gift of God given to us in love and in Jesus. And we're going to sing a song to you to remind you that you are a child of blessing and a child of promise. time we invite the rest of our children to come down for the message for children. Good morning. What a beautiful group. Good morning. Come on up. We are so glad you are here. Would you like to hold that for me? She has a clue as to what we're going to be talking about for the children's message today, but we have some special visitors here. (gasps) Who could they be? Let's see. Let's look around and see. We three kings of Orient are... Bearing gifts, we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Sing it with us. Oh, star, star of wonder, star of light, star with
wise men studied the skies and they knew the Old Testament prophecies that said a king would be born in Bethlehem. And they saw something very special in the sky. What was it? Pharaoh's holding it, May Louise. They saw a star. Now, this wasn't just any star. It was a very special star. What did they do when they saw that star? Did they stand still and just watch it? What did they do, Annabelle? They followed it. Did they live close by? No, they lived far, far, far away, further than Petersburg. They lived far away. And it took, they probably had to ride camels. I think they parked their camels outside. That it took them a long time and a long way, but they knew something special had happened, and they followed that star. What did they bring? One of you has already said that. What did they have in their hands? Annabelle, one of the gifts was gold. Cooper? Myrrh? Would you? Myrrh? May Louise? You guys are so smart. Frankincense. Those were three very special gifts to show Jesus had a very special purpose here on earth. Now, how can we be like the wise men? We're, we're not really looking at the sky a lot, or we don't have like special gifts to give Jesus, or do we? How can we be like the wise men? Annabelle? Yes, we do. We do. We follow Jesus. We still follow that star that tells us someone very special was born, that the light of Jesus Christ came into the world, and God wants us to be like the wise men and still look for Jesus and look for Jesus in this world. And May Louise, did you want to say something too? We can give thanks, yes. And guess what we can do to reflect that love and that light? We can love each other. We can love each other. We want to be like the wise men and continue to look for Jesus in the world and reflect that light of that wonderful Bethlehem star. Even when all of the special decorations are put away, we want to continue to follow the light and be like the light in the world, the light of love. So remember, as this new year starts, what's the year? What's the year of this year? 2023. Let's remember to keep that light alive in our hearts all year long, even when it's not Christmas. And we want to keep that manger in our hearts all year long and be like the wise men and still be looking. Okay, let's all say a prayer. Can you follow me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus being born into our world. We thank you for the example of the Magi who followed that star to find Jesus. Help us reflect that light in our world. Amen. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year.
found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Today's first lesson is from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, which may be found on page 783 of your Pew Bible. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word, so that I might also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second reading for the morning comes from the fifth chapter of Matthew, reading verses 13 through 16. These words are taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Will you listen now for the word of God? You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. 
Come as the fire and burn, come as the wind and blow. Convict, convert, and consecrate for, your, for our great good and your greater glory. Amen. Well, many of us are familiar with these classic words from Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount where we are told, where Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. He says, you are the light of the world. And what's amazing about that depiction is that he's talking about you and me. Again, this passage, it's not the center or the initial places of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is gathered on that hillside in Galilee with the lake in the background. But with him is gathered this iconic mix of disciples, of would-be disciples, of seekers, of all sorts of others who are out there. And these folks were not the rock stars of religion. These weren't the religious experts. They really were just regular folks who gathered to hear what was going on with Christ. It's kind of like us right now in many ways. And the point is that Jesus said to the crowd then, this group of folks, just like us, in the same way he says to us right now, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Note what he didn't say. He didn't say, y'all go be the salt. He didn't say, y'all go be the light. He says, you are the salt and light. So I'd like to invite us for just a few minutes to think about these words, these images of salt and light, and how they can equip us and empower us to live our faith on all seven days of the week. <clears throat> that message, of course, lines up wonderfully with the point of this Epiphany Sunday. The point of the star that was held up during our children's message is it to break religious people out of the box. You see what happened? In shining the star, God was calling the Magi from afar. And in so doing, God is reaching out to the world. God is busting apart the box around Jerusalem to reach those who are far off. You know, for centuries, the center of the faith had been in a box, certainly geographically, but even so, you read the scriptures, you get this sense that the God who created the entire world, the one who is Lord of the universe, cannot be contained in one city, spiritually or geographically. And so the star shines and invites these people from afar to come and seek the Christ child. And you see the point of Jesus' words when he says, you are the salt, you are the light? He's saying that you and I are supposed to do the very same thing that the star did so many years ago. Your life and my life is supposed to point people to this child in Bethlehem who grew to be a man who is our Savior and seeks to be theirs. We don't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. We may not even know how to do it. But it doesn't change the designation, the unqualified designation of Jesus. You are the light and you are the salt. You know, there's a helpful reminder here about the nature 
of the Sermon on the Mount because we often get these words wrong. These words represent an incredible compilation of Jesus and his teaching and his guidance and so many words that have shaped lives for, for centuries. But here's the problem. So often we, we jump into the sermon and we hear the words and it, it's like we take this beautiful, perfect steak that Jesus lays on the table for us and we just dry it out and make beef jerky. We often see these words in these three chapters as sort of, well, this is just Jesus' updated rules, the, the Ten Commandments 2.0. we got to go do this stuff. And certainly there is clarity that we do. We are supposed to do these things, but understand the nature and wonder of these words. This is not a list of impossible rules. Jesus holds to the outlandish claim that you can do this. That I can do this. More importantly, that we can be this. See, the words of the Sermon on the Mount are an invitation to be who Jesus wants us to be, where Jesus can make us into these things. See, Jesus, to this crowd, is saying the same thing to us this morning. He's saying, come to me. Take on my yoke. Follow me. I can do this in your life. I can make you into a man. I can make you into a woman. I can make you into a child. I can make you into a youth who can really do this. You can be merciful. You can stop judging. You can be a peacemaker. You can look at other people with purity. And you can be salt and light in the world for me. See the point? Jesus, in these classic words, he's not so much telling you and me to go and do as much as he's inviting you to come and be. As you find your identity in him, your hope in him, and his sanctifying, transformational presence in your life. And then we shine the light of Jesus and hope to the world. He says, you, you are salt you are the salt of the earth. You know all the things salt does, right? It preserves, it cleanses, it's sprinkled out, and it's, it flavors. All those things certainly apply to us and to culture. Here's the other thing, though, brothers and sisters. Salt makes you thirsty. Salt makes you thirsty. That's why they have pretzels and all the drinking establishments. That's why when you sit down to a movie and you're, you've eaten half your popcorn before the movie even starts. They suddenly have these soda ads up there, right? Right? Because it makes you thirsty. I was reading a story this week about veteran preacher Howard Hendricks, about his early days of preaching down in Texas. He, said, he used the classic saying in a sermon one day about how you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And after the service, a, a cranky, long, tall Texan approached him to tell him how wrong he was in his sermon. He said, that ain't, I quote, that ain't true. You can make a horse drink, you just feed him salt, right? You are the salt of the earth, but you see the challenge to that? You and I in our lives are supposed to make people around us thirsty. We're supposed to make folks thirsty. And in so doing, we point people to the one thing that can actually do it that can actually assuage people's thirst, and that is Jesus Christ. 
Like the Magi, right? Our light points people to Jesus, like the star. And here's a question to ponder this week. Is my life making people around me thirsty? Well, if you were to look at general statistics out there that survey the church and surveys folks who are, don't, who are not active in church, they tell us that, we have some, that we're struggling along those lines. The surveys indicate that along pe- places like finances and social media time, recreational time, attitudes and actions, marriage and relationships, that really there's not a whole lot of difference between those who profess the faith and those who do not. You wonder, don't we, if our salt is not losing some saltiness. And we want to do it. We want to shine our light and be that salt. But I think sometimes we miss out because of our contemporary survival mechanisms. Think about it. How do you do it? How do you do all that you do? How do you fill all those roles that you have to fill? Some of you are parents. Some of you take care of parents. Many of you are very busy in your role as workers in your vocation. Some of you are community leaders. And on top of that, by the way, you're a follower of Jesus, and you have to do this church thing. And many of us, you see what we do? We have multiple plates spinning in the air, and we have to always make things work because so many people are depending on you. How do you do it? How do you do it? I'll tell you what I do. I build boxes. When I get busy, I survive by living one box at a time, box by box. I'll, I'll go to work on one thing, finish it up, close the box, go to work on the next thing. And perhaps you do the same thing to some degree. You have a work box, take care of it, deal with it. Get out of the work box, go to the recreation box, a family box, a, a school box, and a church box. And we live in the boxes and we do what needs to be done But we also recognize when we open up the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, that Jesus describes us as salt and light. And maybe Jesus just didn't get the memo on this box thing. Perhaps this text, rightly understood, busts our boxes that have evolved in our lives that we use to, to facilitate our very busy schedules. Because Jesus is king of all, not just the Sabbath. And perhaps we're supposed to be salt all week and not just on Sunday morning as we gather together in the salt shaker. We need to live it out on the other six days. And that is the genesis, the catalyst of our sermon series, which we're going to be offering to for the next couple weeks. Next week, we're going to ask the question, how do you and I live our faith in the workplace? A place where we spend a huge amount of time. How do I live my life out in school? If I'm retired, how do I live in my networks, in my communities? In fact, I would love to hear from you this week. I'd like to invite you this week to take just a few minutes and write me an email. Not a long email, just a a paragraph. And tell me, answer me in a couple sentences or whatever it takes. Answer this question. How do I live my faith out at work? If I'm a student, how do I live my faith out in school? If I'm retired, how do I live my faith out in my network, in my relationships, in my community? 
I would love to hear from you, and uh, that would be helpful as I put the sermon together next week with the question, how do we live our faith out in the workplace? Well, in two weeks, we're going to ask the question, how are we salt and light in our leisure time? Three weeks from now, we're going to ask the question, how do I live my faith out at home? You can see from the start, it requires that we bust apart some some boxes so that our faith permeates all that we are, shapes who we are, even on the other six days of the week. But how do you do it? How do you bust the boxes? Well, if we're listening to Jesus, maybe the way to become saltier, the way for the light to be uncovered, is to pursue a life of discipleship. Remember, The point of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, come to me and I will make you into this. And I think it's helpful at this point. We were just uh, in a gathering in the Fellowship Hall. Some of you were there where we had a a time to offer the state of the church. And we talked about different teams. Our teams have been working on this whole issue of discipleship. They came up with a definition. That discipleship is this. Following Jesus Christ and working together to serve the kingdom of God. And that reminds us that our goal as a church is not simply to raise up church members. Our goal is to become, all of us, followers of Jesus. And it's a reminder of what we have said for years about discipleship, where we've said, your life, exactly where you are, exactly what you're leaving right now, matters to the kingdom of God. Sometimes people think to to pursue a life of discipleship, you have to go be a missionary or be a clergy person or something. That's not true. Your life that you have right now is given to you by God. Your workplace, your relationships, your networks, all of that. And the question is, how can I live the life I have right now following Jesus and be the salt and light? In fact, the great definition that has guided me for years comes from Dallas Willard. When he describes that life that you have right now, he says his goal is, our goal is, I want to live my life the way Jesus would live my life if Jesus had my life to live. That's worth repeating. I want to live my life the way Jesus would live my life if Jesus had my life to live. When you and I do that, what happens? Salt becomes saltier and light becomes uncovered. And you can step further into this figuring out ways. How can I bust boxes? How can I I get this faith all through the week? It can happen through a daily prayer time, which is critical and important. It can also happen by joining some of our discipleship efforts. We're starting a bunch of them this afternoon. Come on. We'll find room. We would love to have you there. We have a new member class, a Reveille Today class coming on this afternoon. Come on. Four o'clock this afternoon. Kelly and Stephen are going to start a new discipleship class on the 29th. Come on. We would love to have you as a part of all that. All that is there to equip us to live out the faith on the other six days. We'd love to have you. You know, one of my favorite um, images when I think about this, to bring it all home, is about 10 years ago, Lynn and I were in England touring some of the John Wesley sites. And we saw a whole bunch of stuff and uh, sort of the big picture stuff. And then we went to a place, Bristol, England, on the western part of Great Britain. And as we're touring it, we, we went to this one place. It was a parking lot in Bristol. And on the parking lot, there was this old, rusted sign, faded and rusted. And on that sign, it said, on this spot, John Wesley 
preached outdoors for the very first time. And then the text he used. He preached way outside of his comfort zone, thousands of people there. But lives were changed when he took the faith outside of the church. George Whitfield, who preached with him, said that when it, he would observe times when they preached to the mines and the coal miners and tears would fall down streaking the coal miners' faces. The world changed for then and even now today in that move. Jesus reminds us that we as salt and light friends, that we are the Bethlehem star. So as we begin this new year together, can we, find, we need to find encouragement to get out of the salt shaker and be sprinkled into all six days of the week. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you once again for the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he is the light of the world, that he came to seek and to save the lost, to seek and to save all of us. For those who have waited, for those who hunger, for those who have prayed, for those who wonder, we pray this day, O oh God, that they would behold your light and your presence in the world around us. And we pray that you would help us to be the salt, to be your light in the world around us not just on Sundays, but all the days of the week. There are so many concerns in the world around us this day, O oh God. We pray for those who are dealing with severe weather, for those who are dealing with natural disasters in our country and around the world. We pray that you would be a very present help to them. 
We pray for our new Congress, that you would be with Congress to help them and to guide them to govern with compassion and with justice for all people. We give you thanks this day, O Lord, for our church, and we continue to pray for the church universal, for the United Methodist Church, and for Reveille Church. We thank you for the baptism that we have experienced this day. We pray for Douglas Daniel and for all of our children that they would walk in the way that leads to life. We give you thanks for our church council and for their leadership and service for our church. And we pray that you would guide our church council through this year ahead, that we would follow your will. And we pray for our partner churches in Swansboro, Koinonia Christian Church, and Love Center of Unity, that their ministries would be a light to the community and the world around us. We pray for all those who are sick and suffering in any way in mind, body, or spirit this day, for those who are dealing with COVID, for those who are dealing with the flu or colds, for those who are fighting cancer, for those who may be in hospice. We pray for healing and for strength for all of them. And we have had a lot of funerals in our church family in these past few weeks, oh God. And we pray for all those who may be grieving this day that they would find comfort and peace. Hear our prayers this day, O God. And now in the silence of our hearts, we lift up to you any personal concerns that we may have this day. Hear all of these prayers that we lift up to you, O God. And we thank you once again for your Son, Jesus Christ, your greatest gift to us. And we pray once again that you would help us to be your salt and your light in the world around us. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward as we take time now to return back to God our tithes and our offerings. And as always, you are still able to give to the church by going to our website and clicking at the top of that page, the Give Now button. Thank you for your generosity.
Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for life, for family, for friends. We thank you for your power and your presence that is always with us. We return back to you now. Our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness to you. Bless these gifts and use them that your light may be shared in the community and world around us. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to be seated now, and I invite our church council to come forward and stand on the steps that we may commission our church council for the year ahead. As they're coming forward, let me just offer a word of thanks to our church council and to uh, the work that is in front of us in the coming year. Many of you are aware that just now we were gathered um, as a church to speak about where we are and where we're going. And we are leading into this coming year, uh, into 2023, with a great group of folks on our church council. And as they come to us and as um, we bring you into, uh, install you as leaders in the church, Let me offer you these words. Dear friends, you have been called by God and chosen by the people of God for leadership in this church. This ministry is a blessing and a serious responsibility. It recognizes your special gifts and calls you to work among us and for us. In love, we thank you for accepting your obligation and challenge you to offer your best to the Lord, to this people, and to our ministry in the world. Live a life in Christ and make him known in your witness and your work. And so now I ask you, do you this day acknowledge yourself to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ? If so, respond by saying, I do. Will you devote yourself to the service of God in the world? I will. Will you so live that you enable this church to be a people of love and peace? I will. And will you do all in your power to be responsible to the task for which you have been chosen? I will. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your blessings upon these, your servants, who have been given particular ministries in your church. Grant them grace to give themselves wholeheartedly in your service. Keep before them the example of our Lord, who did not think first of himself but gave himself for us all. Let them share his ministry and consecration, that they may enter into his joy. Guide them in their work. Reward them in their faithfulness with the knowledge that through them your purposes are accomplished through Jesus Christ our Lord. As all God's people say, amen. Friends, thank you so much in advance for your service. We welcome you and look forward to great leadership in the coming year. You can be seated. And as they're being seated, we invite you to stand as we offer our final hymn, God of Grace and God of Glory. We'll sing stanzas one, two, and four, hymn number 577.
as you prepare to go forth into the world, be sure to take your bulletin with you for all the opportunities, but especially come back this Wednesday and bring a friend to hear Sadiqa Johnson and also come back this evening for our classes. And now the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you forevermore. With all God's people say, Amen.